Magnesium is a key mineral that is essential for muscle contractions and nerve transmission, while also keeping your heart beating steadily and your immune system strong. Of the many health conditions linked to magnesium, it is poor sleep quality that often comes up as a reason to take magnesium supplements. In this podcast, I'll look at the latest evidence for magnesium and sleep, and then I'll profile the main food sources of magnesium and critique the merits of the many different supplemental forms of magnesium. Magnesium is an essential dietary mineral. You have about 30 grams of magnesium in your body, with half of this in the bones. Much of the rest of it is in the muscle and soft tissues, with only about 1% in the extracellular fluid, where it serves as an electrolyte. And as an electrolyte, it helps to maintain fluid balance. Magnesium is also a cofactor for hundreds of enzymes. Magnesium is involved in many metabolic pathways, including energy production, nucleic acid and protein synthesis, and cell signaling. And together with calcium, magnesium is involved in muscle contraction and blood clotting. That's a lot of work for one mineral. There are many health conditions linked to magnesium, or at least a magnesium deficiency. And these include heart disease and high blood pressure, diabetes, and even potentially muscle cramping. Now, I've already done a general podcast on magnesium and health way back in episode 22. So grab that episode to get up to speed. But for this podcast, I want to focus on one health area, and that's poor sleep quality. And here is the rationale, at least for why magnesium is a commonly recommended supplement to improve sleep. Now, to fall asleep and stay asleep, we need to be relaxed, both physically and mentally. That's pretty obvious. Magnesium may help with this process by activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the system responsible for getting you calm and relaxed. It does this through various neural and hormonal systems, including neurotransmitters and regulation of the hormone melatonin, which guides the sleep-wake cycle in your body. So that all sounds great, but can a magnesium supplement actually get you to sleep and keep you asleep outside of any placebo effect it can have? And despite a lot of research looking at this question, and which can be very mixed in their findings, there hasn't been a lot of critical reviews bringing together all of this research in the one place. So that was the purpose of a recent systematic review published this year, and I'll link to the study in the show notes. This review analysed data from nine research studies involving over 7,000 participants to determine whether a person's magnesium status is associated with sleep quality, and importantly, if supplementation had a positive benefit in controlled trials that used a placebo. And here were the findings. For observational studies looking at magnesium status and sleep quality, there did appear to be a positive link with an association between high magnesium intake from diet and supplements or magnesium status, and that's for example blood or urine levels, and having better sleep quality. But that's all nice, but these are observational studies, and there could be other unknown factors explaining the link that were not related to magnesium. So what about the gold standard randomized control trials? 
what did they have to say? Well, agreeing with my prior view when I've looked at the studies before, the results are mixed and pretty inconsistent. One study with 46 older participants who took 500 milligrams of magnesium or a placebo for eight weeks found that magnesium supplementation increased sleep time and sleep efficiency. But the other four controlled trials examined in the review did not produce statistically significant improvements in sleep outcomes. But none of this means there wasn't any benefit, only that it was pretty hard to pick it up and there was a question if any benefits were of clinical significance. But, but as always, these studies represent the averages of everyone in the trials, and as human beings, our responses will be variable. So taking a more global view, it is certainly not some endorsement that everyone should take magnesium, and it will instantly improve their sleep. For many, it could just be a placebo effect, but hey, if I'm lying awake struggling with insomnia, then I'd happily take a placebo pill if I believed it would get me to sleep better. Because if you believe in it, well, it may just work. But back to the science. What it is saying to me is that the benefit of magnesium on sleep, if it is really there, is likely quite small. But the research field is pretty modest so one shouldn't dismiss it or endorse it one way or another. Okay, so can a magnesium deficiency be a likely thing to explain poor sleep in many people? And if so, what are the best ways to get plenty of magnesium in your diet? While there are many food sources of magnesium, there is no one food source that stands out. So even the best sources tend to only meet about one-fifth of daily needs. Since magnesium is part of chlorophyll, which is the green pigment in plants, green leafy vegetables are good sources, with spinach being one of the best sources. Whole grains and nuts, such as almonds, also have good amounts of magnesium in them. Meats and dairy foods have an intermediate content of magnesium, while highly refined foods generally have the lowest amount. But even with an adequate diet, some people are at increased risk of magnesium deficiency, including people with digestive disorders such as celiac disease and chronic diarrhea. In the short term, getting too little magnesium does not produce obvious symptoms. But low magnesium intake for a long time, however, can lead to magnesium deficiency. And symptoms of deficiency include loss of appetite, nausea, vomiting, fatigue, and weakness. And extreme magnesium deficiency can cause numbness, tingling, muscle cramps, seizures, and an abnormal heart rhythm. So finally, what about supplements then? There are many different formulations to choose from if you're thinking of trialing a magnesium supplement to help with sleep. With the standard dose for supplementation in the range of 200 to 400 milligrams of magnesium per day. Magnesium supplements are available in the form of magnesium oxide, magnesium malate, magnesium gluconate, magnesium chloride, and magnesium citrate salts, as well as several amino acid chelates like magnesium aspartate. Gastrointestinal side effects like diarrhea and bloating are more common with magnesium oxide or magnesium chloride, due to their lower absorption rates, 
And that's why magnesium oxide tends to be used as a laxative. Magnesium chloride is easily absorbed orally and used to treat things like heartburn, constipation, and low magnesium levels. But in general, magnesium citrate is a good choice for supplementation and is the most commonly used form of magnesium due to its high water solubility and bioavailability at around 25 to 30%. And magnesium bound to amino acids, such as a magnesium aspartate, also shows good levels of bioavailability, but tends to be lesser than magnesium citrate. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on, if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Thinking Nutrition.